You're listening to Beyond the Ribbon, a podcast of the 24 Hours in the Canyon Cancer Survivorship Center. This podcast is brought to you by Kia of Amarillo, proud member of the Auto Inc. family of dealerships. Be sure to check out their website at kiaofamarillo.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Beyond the Ribbon. My name is Ryan Parnell, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host and oncology nurse, Pam McMillan. Ryan, we're in for another great episode today, huh? We are, Pam. I, this is one that I, uh, I say this a lot, but this is one I'm looking forward to. <laughs> yes, you know, we always get excited about episodes that we record, and we hope our listeners do too. But do you remember being young, like in the 18 to 39 group not calling you out on your age or it was a while ago it was a while ago but yes I do yes yeah can you imagine what people of that age range go through when they get a a cancer diagnosis yeah it's a it's a whole different uh set of circumstances and a whole different um shift in in life change isn't it Right. And I'm sure whenever you had your scare, you were kind of in that age range. Oh, yes. Um, And just thinking about everything that you have to deal with is a lot. It is. It is. And, you know, uh, Pam, one of the nice things, too, is is that we don't have to do everything um, here at our survivorship center. There are places like we're fixing to learn about that have wonderful resources um, for some of the things that we don't have resources for. So I say, let's just jump right in. I, I tell you, we're really excited um, to have a representative uh, and I'll let her tell, I'll tell a little bit about her and what she does, but uh, Avni Amin, uh, she's the program and community coordinator with Stupid Cancer, a non, which by the way, I love the name, right? I mean, it's just like, just so stupid, Stupid Cancer, a nonprofit organization that serves the adolescent and young adult cancer community, or as sometimes it's referred to as AYA, right, Pam? Right. And in her role, she develops community building programs to end isolation for underserved patients and survivors while evaluating the organization's impact on its members. She's from Long Island, New York, uh, and graduated from Boston College in 2020 with a degree in neuroscience. Um, Avni spends her free time enjoying live music and experimenting with sweet and savory recipes. Avni, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. You know, um, it, it, it's cool. I, and, it, and maybe we'll touch on this to, to see someone. Um, I assume maybe you decided you thought maybe you wanted to go into medicine at one point with a neuroscience degree. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. And everyone always loves to have a little laugh when I say, yeah, I took one semester of organic chemistry and was like, yeah, I'm not going to med school anymore. So let's see how else I can be impactful in the healthcare space without having to go through all of that. Yeah. Well, I would say that you've landed at a great place, uh, doing great work as, as Pam and I know, we have, um, uh, done some things with some, uh, young adult programs and so forth, but I think let's just start Um, because maybe some of our listeners are like, well, isn't a cancer survivor a cancer survivor? And why is there a need to have uh, young adult and uh, adolescent separated or different from regular cancer survivors? Yeah, so I guess I'll just start with like a brief introduction 
of Stupid Cancer and what our organization does. Um, it Our mission is to help empower and uplift everyone who is affected by AYA cancer by ending isolation and building community. Um, and what we really love about our community is it's not only comprised of patients and survivors, but we also support anyone who's involved in their care and support. So we have programs for caregivers, advocates, um, and healthcare professionals and nonprofit professionals who are also involved in supporting AYAs. So we really find that it's important to uh, create a distinction between, you know, young adult patients and older patients and older survivors, um, because just by definition, by age, um, any patients and survivors who are experiencing cancer for aged 15 through 39, which is the, the technical AYA age range, um, it's through research, the most underserved patient population by age. Um, and what's really unique about this community is that they're very, very isolated, you know, right at the jump when they're diagnosed, they're either, you know, thrown into a pediatric program and are surrounded by babies and children, which makes them feel really isolated, or um, kind of just some hospitals don't have an AYA specific program and they'll be, you know, sitting, um, getting chemo next to, a bunch of people who are maybe like 30 plus years older than, with, than them. So that's also another isolating experience. Um, but also 15 through 39, you know, being a young adult is already such a tumultuous life stage that's filled with so much transition. Um, people are experiencing, you know, college or like getting their first job or getting married, having children, um, all of these different things that are impacted by cancer. Um, so they just in general experience adversities that older patients don't because you know older patients by the time that older patients typically get cancer they're kind of done with all of those life changes so more specifically some of the challenges are you know loss of independence and having to go back and move home and rely on your parents after being a newly independent adult or experiencing interruption in your school or career path, um, not knowing how to like disclose cancer when you're going on a first date or when you're going to have sex or are embarking on all these new kinds of relationships. And in general, just social isolation, because typically the people around you who are your age might have no idea what you're going through. So um, we at our organization try to, you know, help those isolated people find each other and understand they're not alone and also connect them to some really critical age appropriate resources. Do you feel like that age group um, has a hard time asking for help or reaching out for help? Definitely. I mean, I think the main problem is just visibility of these resources. You know, how accessible are these resources for this age range of patients? There are so many resources out there. You know that, I know that, but um, there is some uh, disconnect at the provider level where a lot of patients, the onus is on them to do research and find resources that are most relevant to their experience because they're not given like a, a pamphlet or brochure that's like everything you need to know about being an AYA right at the jump. Um, so I think it's less about, you know, being afraid of asking for those resources or asking for help. It's just lack of awareness that they exist. And we always say that people who know that these resources exist and are really engaged with AYA programs don't need awareness because they're kind of living as AYAs. The awareness is really for the people who don't 
who aren't familiar with the fact that these resources exist. Um, it's kind of so like, like what we say a lot of times is you don't need to know about us until you need to know about us. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and I, I just had a phone call today uh, with a, a family um, who's who has a child that falls right into this category and they're facing that exact situation of the pediatrician is kind of like, I don't know what to do. Uh, the pediatric cardiology and pediatric gastroenterology are saying, listen, uh, you're kind of a little old enough now to go to adults. And the adults are saying, wait a minute, I think you should still be in peds. We don't, we don't see kiddos your age, um, you know, coming off of a leukemia diagnosis. And it's one of those things that it is really super limbo. It's like, you you know, and 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 as you said, Avni is finding that resource, and, and in this case, is finding a program or finding a survivorship program with um, the opportunity to have physicians that understand AYA, adolescent, young adults, more so than oh, all I do is eighteen or twenty one, you know, and so um, that way, they, I mean, this is a, a serious challenge. So if if someone, you know, let's just ask this real quick quick question is um how much of, of y'all stuff is virtual and how much of it is in person because i know in the age range we're talking about is super skilled and adept at navigating virtual worlds and probably more likely to navigate virtual worlds than some of our older adults absolutely well most of our programs are free and available virtually um, we host digital meetups every single week, which are um, really casual and social Zooms that are intended for AYAs to just, you know, log on to a virtual space and just hang out with their peers. There's no pressure to talk about their cancer experience. It's not facilitated by a licensed professional. It's completely peer facilitated by volunteers. Um, so that's kind of a really great entry point for AYAs who kind of like may not be connected with anybody who is having the same experience with them, it kind of makes them feel less alone and safer. So that's a really great entry point to um, our programs. More virtual programs are discussion series, which are four week long programs. Um, those are facilitated by licensed professionals. There's kind of like a one big umbrella topic, for example, let's say uh, mental health after treatment, um, which is a recurring discussion series that we've had over the past three years. And um, each week will be facilitated by a different professional who kind of dives deeper into a more specific topic about, you know, mental health after treatment. Um, there's a short presentation and afterwards an hour long discussion with peers that is um, moderated by a professional. So it does get more, you know, deep into, you know, personal experiences with cancer. Um, we have a stories program, which is an online library full of um, written narrative stories or submitted video stories where people can just share their experiences. It's really great um, and cathartic to share your story, but also a wonderful experience to just read other people's short stories if you're not comfortable with sharing your own yet. Um, and then CancerCon is our signature program. It's the largest gathering of the AYA community. And we have brought together hundreds of patients, survivors, caregivers, and advocates, uh, both digitally and in person through CancerCon. Um, so we have now 
um, started offering CancerCon as a two-part event. Um, so as Digital CancerCon, which is free and virtual, and then CancerCon Live, which happens in a different city each year. Um, so we have multiple entry points for and accessibility points for patients and survivors of all kind, uh, whether they want to get involved online or whether they want to have opportunities to meet up and get together in person. So is there any other programs that y'all offer besides the ones that you've just discussed? Um, those are our main programs that involve or engage uh, community members directly. One of our newest programs that we do have, which is more kind of higher level, it's called the Health Disparities Town Hall. Um, it's a three-year-long initiative in which Stupid Cancer is partnering with uh, different stakeholders to ensure um, that we're offering the best, it's to improve and it's to improve the experience of healthcare for uh, minority AYAs. So uh, BIPOC AYAs, LGBTQ plus AYAs, disabled AYAs, we are working to help uh, remove barriers and to access to healthcare. Um, and so we're engaging some community members through town hall events every single year and through um, selected focus groups. And we've identified a couple of or we're in the process of identifying a couple of problems and that exist in the healthcare system that contribute to barriers to healthcare for minoritized AYAs. Um, and we're working towards developing solutions over the next two years to kind of get started and making sure that everybody has access to equitable healthcare, especially the AYA community, which already experiences hardships navigating the healthcare system. Um, so that is just an, an extra program that we're working on right now as well. When you talk about uh, hardships, I, I was contemplating a little bit of that as you were discussing that. Is is one of the main hardships? Is it is it because of an insurance uh, lack of insurance or insurance? You know, like when you have um, kids that are will fall in, of course, to the fifteen to thirty nine, but they're old enough to come off of the parents' insurance, or maybe they don't have good. I mean, their employer doesn't provide good insurance. I, I would imagine insurance has to be one of the biggest issues for accessibility. Definitely, financial toxicity is one of the. Um topics that we focus on in some of our programs, kind of breaking down, you know, what is financial toxicity? How can you take advantage of different, you know, resources that could help relieve some financial burdens? Because we know that, you know, these bills are ridiculous, especially for folks who might not be, um, who might not have as much money saved as older patients might, or aren't as established in their careers yet, and might not have as good of a work-sponsored healthcare plan. Um, but in terms of additional hardships in like navigating the healthcare system, another one that we do experience um, is delayed diagnosis or misdiagnosis. Um, a lot of our community members have reported that um, they won't be taken seriously because of their age when they bring up a concern to their doctor. Um, sometimes the diagnosis is delayed a couple of months or a couple of years, and it really affects the prognosis. Um, so those are some concrete examples of how underserved AYAs are often in the healthcare space um, and how detrimental the reality of that it really is. What are some of the benefits that you have seen for patients to get involved with stupid cancer? 
the biggest one is for the first time when there are AYAs who enter stupid cancer space or get involved with our programs, it is really incredible to see the positive impact because a lot of these folks have never spoken to an AYA before in their entire lives until they find stupid cancer and until they attend one of our programs and realize that we've created a space that is specifically for AYAs. Um, and that's really empowering to be able to develop community, um, to not have to feel like you have to give a big spiel about your medical history when you meet somebody because you already know what each other has gone through. So you can just get straight into, you know, feeling like you're developing a normal relationship with somebody. And the fact that you share that experience makes it a, a more safe environment. Um, so that definitely is kind of one of my favorite parts about stupid cancer is when I am at a program, sometimes I will see just the joy in those developing relationships happen right in front of me. Um, and it's just such a unique experience and it's very moving to see as a staff member to be able to, you know, help facilitate all of these connections. Um, so definitely it's just the recognition that there is a community and being able to build your own community is one of the biggest um, takeaways that individuals tend to get from attending our programs. Ron, oftentimes we talk about finding your community and, you know, we think we have a great community here, but, you know, um, it's not from lack of trying that we haven't tried to reach out to this age group, um, but, you know, this is a safe space for them. Yeah. There is, it is, and I, as you were talking, Avni, I can remember moments where being at a, 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 a one of our events or one of our classes, and we always talk about how um, we don't, we rarely ever, ever, ever bring up about, tell me about your, your cancer story or your cancer journey. Very rarely do we do that um, on purpose because it usually happens organically, survivor to survivor, and um there's such a a great connection and a bond there where uh, it's just like um, validation that I'm not alone. And I know um, our folks are more inclined to being able to attend classes and and outgoing because they're they're typically um, shall we say more seasoned in age. But um, the no one should go through, as we say, no one should go through cancer alone, um, especially um, if you're a young adult or an adolescent. There's There are lots and lots of resources. Tell us a little bit more, if you can, Avni, about um, CancerCon. I know um, I've seen videos. I've seen some of the, the highlights from years past. Um, it's really a huge production. Yeah, so as I said, it's the largest gathering of AYAs. Um, we each year offer Digital Cancer Con and CancerCon Live, um, and both events are kind of marketed as an immersive experience. It's filled with a lot of transformative connection and educational opportunities. Um, so alongside a really packed agenda with a lot of breakout sessions that dig into multiple AYA-specific topics. Um, we have tons of social events and wellness breaks throughout as well. So um, we adopted CancerCon as a two-part event for the first time last year. We had CancerCon Live in Minneapolis in June and Digital CancerCon in November. So we're really excited to continue with this approach because the structure gives every single member of our community 
access to the CancerCon experience, no matter where they're at in their journey. So, you know, it doesn't matter if you're currently in treatment or and can't travel, or if you just aren't ready to be physically in a space with a bunch of cancer patients and survivors, there's still an option for you to get the most out of the experience. And um, we also acknowledge that we have an immunocompromised community that experiences really unique financial burdens and social burdens as well. So we've created a framework that um, really allows individuals to kind of select their own journey and attend whichever version of CancerCon will suit them best. So I guess just a little promo for 2023 CancerCon, um, the digital CancerCon event is going to be uh, the second half of April from April 16th to 30th. And the CancerCon Live is gonna be in Atlanta, Georgia in August. Um, so we're really excited attendee registration opens soon for those both events. Yeah. So, so how does someone sign up for that? Yeah, so the both registration forms are going to be available on stupidcancer.org. Um, we have an open registration for CancerCon Live yet that's going to be in later in the spring. However, registration for CancerCon, digital CancerCon, is going to be in the next two weeks or so. Yeah. CancerCon.org. Sorry? Is there a cost to attend um, the digital or the live? The digital CancerCon is completely free to attend. Um, and there are costs associated with CancerCon Live. Um, there is an attendee registration fee. I'm not able to share what the ticket prices are yet. Um, but, you know, given the fact that we understand the burdens on our community, we try to make them as accessible and fair as possible. Sure. Gosh, I would encourage any uh, young adult or adolescent to take advantage of the virtual CancerCon. Um, you know, it's it it's right in our budget, Pam. We always talk about everything that is provided here at the Survivorship Center is free. And basically, you're just investing a little bit of time. If you get one little nugget out of... Uh, the, the days that they have set up for the the digital or virtual cancer con, if you get one little nugget, it is worth your time spent on that. Um, and I can't imagine that you would only get one piece of it, good information from there. Sounds like it could be a really fun time um, for the young adults. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Really fun. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Now, also for the, uh, the virtual meetups, are those done like uh, social media wise or how does one, I mean, I'm assuming they can go to your website, stupidcancer.org and find everything on there, but is it just a simple click and log in to join a meetup or is there a, a, a lengthy process? Yeah, they're all hosted on Zoom. So we have a program calendar on our website that will hyperlink every registration page to every single um, meetup and also every single program that we do host. Um, so it's a really simple registration form and a confirmation email. You'll just get a Zoom link. And at the start of the event, you would just click it, be greeted by one of our fantastic volunteer meetup hosts. Um, we're always looking for more volunteers, especially digital meetup hosts. This is a program that is really that we really rely on volunteers for, and we're so grateful for them. Um, it's become a really wonderful community within our community as well. Um, so everyone is really friendly and it's super easy to, um, to attend. And I know that it can be 
kind of um, anxiety inducing or scary to enter a space for the first time. Um, but it is a really, really welcoming community. Um, we have a couple of regulars to attend every single meetup and they're so lovely, so friendly. Um, and one thing about the AYA community is I think everybody just wants to help each other and everyone wants to give each other advice and support each other. Um, so it's a really a wonderful way to kind of get introduced to the community. If it's someone that, you know, someone hasn't tried before, um, it's a wonderful opportunity. So are these meetups just for the survivor? Most of our meetups are attended by only patients and survivors. However, we do have community specific um, DMUs, which is what we call them for short as well. So we do have monthly uh, digital meetups for the caregiver community as well. Um, so that is intended for anyone who is a caregiver for an AYA to kind of provide a space for them because we definitely understand um, that there's a lot of stress and burnout that's associated with being a caregiver. So we also provide um, programs that are specifically for caregivers. Um, other than that, we have other digital meetups in addition to the weekly chats, which are specifically for sub-communities within the AYA community. So we have ones that are just for pediatric survivors, ones that are just for metastatic patients, um, BIPOC AYAs, LGBTQ AYAs. We have one that's for men only. Um, and we also have different uh, age group ones as well. We have Gen Z digital meetups and we also have AYA alums, is, which is what we call anyone who is above the age of 39. Um, we like to say that we don't check IDs for our programs, but we do um, create them with the intent um, that most of the folks who are attending are within the 15 through 39 range. So understanding that there's still a bunch of folks who benefit from our programs who aren't technically AYAs anymore, we still have um, digital meetups for them specifically. I'm glad that you answered that question because I was thinking what happens once you reach that <laughs> 40 and are you kicked out of stupid cancer? Absolutely not. And we definitely recognize that one of the most difficult experiences that AYAs have is once they're completed, once they have completed active treatment, um, it's kind of on them to figure out what the survivorship journey is. A lot of folks report feeling like they've just like been kicked onto the street after they've completed their final round of chemo and radiation or had the final scan and have been deemed NED or here's your ongoing metastatic treatment uh, schedule, things like that. Um, and that is another, you know, bang of isolation that a lot of folks experience. So we definitely, as an organization whose goal is to support this group, we would never want to contribute to that feeling of isolation, kind of like you have completed your path in X place, it's mm -hmm. time to move on. We don't subscribe to that at all. Um, so even if you're, you've like been out of treatment for a really, really long time, um, there is still a space for, for all patients and survivors at stupid cancer. I love that. Pam, they've really thought of everything. Um, basically the, the, one of the point I want to follow up on that is, um, they have created simplistic and easy, non-threatening ways to stick your big toe in the water 
to test the temperature and see if it's something you need, want, or uh, you know, wish to con continue. I mean, it's so simple. Um, the likelihood of you running into that person at the store that, that you're going to be seeing in your meetups because they're all over the United States and probably even all over the world. Um, it's a very safe space. I mean, it just seems so simplistic and easy to be involved in. Um, if you have any thoughts about, you know, you needing to speak to someone and getting into a group and being a part of those things, gosh, I think we want to challenge all of those young adults to, to join in. Um, whether it's, you know, by your, as you said, Avni, your, your age or your diagnosis, um, gosh, it, it, it makes the, the resources there. And it's so simple to take advantage of. Avni, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners about uh, stupid cancer or anything else that's upcoming that they need to know about? Um, I just want to take another opportunity to stress how truly life-changing an event um, CancerCon can be. Um, it really, really lives up to the expectations if you kind of let yourself fall into the experience of being surrounded by a community that understands you the way that no one else ever could. Um, we had a couple of first timers last year who were surrounded by peer AYAs for the first time in their entire lives and who were moved enough by their experience of just meeting another AYA that they signed up at one of our open, our storytelling open mics at CancerCon and found, you know, the the strength and vulnerability to just share their story with a bunch of people who were strangers just two days before. Um, so you really, it's a kind of place where you can show up with a friend or show up completely by yourself, but you're going to leave with an entire family and methods to stay connected um, until the next time that you're able to kind of get together and meet. Yeah. You know, this sounds like a great community to be part of it um, for those that need it, right? Um, is there, how do they get connect on social media? How can they find all the cool pictures and, um, have some FOMO? Absolutely. So we're always posting, um, about our programs on social media, whenever we do have live programs and attendees send us photos, we'll post them on social media or share them out in emails. Um, typically, as I said, everyone who attends programs are really, really friendly. And we don't necessarily like facilitate um, like group chats or one-on-one -on -one communications unless any someone emails me and is like, hey, I'm looking to connect one-on-one -on -one with someone who identifies as X, Y, and Z. I can facilitate one-on-one -on -one connections like that. But typically people will be really open about sharing their um, like social media or email addresses at programs. And people are really good about um, feeling comfortable for uh, continuing relationships that they start at our programs. And it kind of, you know, it's at, it goes beyond, beyond stupid cancer. We kind of initiate those connections and then folks maintain them for, for a while. Wow. And so the Instagram handle for stupid cancer, do you? It's just at stupid cancer. Okay, perfect. Is there anything else that you would like to share before we get to our last segment? I don't think so. Okay. So this leads us to the auto ink inspiring moment. Do you have an inspiring moment that you could share with our listeners? Absolutely. Um, I think our um, 
open mic events are really, really inspiring events. Um, as I mentioned before, just in my summary of our stories program, um, I really do believe that it is just as um, impactful to find the strength to share your story, but also allow yourself to enter a space in which you are listening to other people's stories because there are myriad of different ways that you can connect, um, whether it's, you know, one small equality or there are a bunch of overlapping experiences between two people. Um, but I, I've attended and hosted a, a bunch of our virtual open mics and everyone in the chat of the Zoom is just so supportive of each other. There, there will always be comments like, I'm here for you, like I'm sending you virtual hugs, or um, I know exactly what that's like. Um, you're not alone. I've been there too. Um, and also just given the nature of the fact that it's a bunch of young people talking about such a crazy experience, we get a huge range of stories that are either, you know, really vulnerable um, and, and heartbreaking and we all cry together, but also ones that are just really silly and irreverent and funny and we're all laughing together. Um, so it's definitely a, a roller coaster of emotions, but that's kind of how most of our events are just by the nature of our community and what we do. Um, so I guess another thing to add is our organization is based in New York and we're actually hosting our first um, in-person storytelling open mic since before the pandemic. And it's going to be next week on March 22nd, and that's going to be in Manhattan. And, you know, after, I think in the last two to three years, we've hosted around five virtual open mics. So being able to finally do one in person and feel all of those emotions while physically being together is going to be really wonderful to experience. Um, so anyone who isn't in New York, but still would love to benefit from an experience like that, um, you just go on our website and check out our program calendar. We always have something coming up. Yeah. Lots of fun. Lots of fun, you know, um, being engaged in a community. Um, no one wants to be in your community or our community. They're forced to be in those communities. And I mean, I just, I, I, I know that um, if you have to be someplace as a, as a, a, a adolescent or young adult involved with folks like Stupid Cancer uh, is, a, is a wonderful place to land. And, and I think I would you know, be remiss without saying the exact same thing of uh, uh, programs here at our survivorship center. Um, again, we know you don't choose to be uh, needing to come to us, but just know that there are resources. Pam, I think uh, the homework for this one is if you are a young adult, you need to get involved with stupid cancer. And if you are uh, know a young adult, you need to just point blank at, point them to stupid cancer. Yes, I agree. I think that's a great resource, especially since their digital conference is coming up. Um, what a way to connect with other people that have gone through something similar to what you've gone through. That's right. That's right. Well, Avni, thank you for joining us today uh, and sharing um, all the wonderful resources from uh, Stupid Cancer. We encourage our listeners, um, if, if you need resources like Stupid Cancer, or you need resources like we have at the Survivorship Center, uh, give us a call here at the Survivorship Center. Come by, shoot us an email. Uh, make sure you're getting our calendar. You can find our calendar on our website, the number 24survivorship.org. 
and make sure and join us next time for another great episode of Beyond the Ribbon. Thanks again for listening to Beyond the Ribbon. We'd like to extend a special thanks to the Auto Inc. family of dealerships as they have supported the 24 Hours in the Canyon Cancer Survivorship Center since 2016. For more information on the Cancer Survivorship Center, please visit our website at 24survivorship.org.